In our gospel, Jesus tells us about this, this narrow gate, and there's a few characteristics I wanted to highlight about this narrow gate. And the first is that it is us who has to walk through the gate. The Lord respects our free will, our ability to choose. And sometimes it'd be nice if we didn't have that free will and the Lord just like kicked us through the door and sometimes we need that extra little kick to make it through. But no, the Lord respects our free will and it's when God's grace meets our free will that we're able to enter through that narrow gate. And also the second characteristic, just like I said, it's the narrow gate. There is one way to enter through this gate. It's not wide and broad or anything like that. No, Jesus tells us it's narrow. There's one way to enter through. It is through Jesus Christ himself. He's being specific. Don't get mad at me. It's the gospel. I don't want to hear, Father, that's mean. Blame Jesus. Don't blame me, okay? Like, I didn't make the gospel. I didn't write it. You know, we're t- it's, it's Jesus' words, okay? Third, the gate is open until it's not. The gate is open until it's not. Again, don't get mad at me for saying that. It's the words of Jesus. The gate is open to us, and we are called to be able to walk through that gate. We don't know when it will close. The Lord is trying to give us that sense of urgency that we must be constantly striving to enter through that narrow gate. And, you know, some of us, that path leading up to that narrow gate, some of us, it's seemingly straight and narrow, right? It's like, wow, like, did that person ever really struggle in their lives? You know, it seems like they just kind of maybe a little twist or a turn there, but it seems like they had a straight path right through that narrow gate. Others, like me, you know, we struggle on occasion. I don't know, maybe you identify with that. And our path isn't so straight and narrow, but there's twists and turns and bypasses and all sorts of crazy ways. And we eventually pray... Actually, my path isn't all the way there yet. Your path isn't all the way there. We pray that we end up going through that narrow gate. And there's others that maybe, uh, you know, they, their path leads them right in front of the narrow gate. And then they kind of very, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They very, uh, they go a different way. That's the word I'm looking for. You know what I'm trying to say. It's 930 in the morning. Deal, give me a break. So they, they go a different way. It's also my third time giving this homily. Anyway, so they go a different way and they kind of vary off and then they eventually make it back towards, but we pray that they're able to, in that sense of urgency, make it back towards that narrow gate before that narrow gate closes. And it's the standard that the Lord gives us is not perfection, but rather he says to strive through that narrow gate. It's not about perfection. It's us constantly recognizing our need to enter through that gate and constantly striving to enter through. And the only way we can strive is to be able to have that self-reflection, to be able to recognize those areas that we need to grow. We don't know the ways that we need to grow. We can't really be striving. And so that path leading up to the narrow gate, we'll say there's seven obstacles, and we'll call them the seven deadly sins, those vices that we might be struggling with. So if we're struggling with pride to turn towards humility, we're struggling with envy to counter with kindness, greed with charity, wrath or anger with meekness, sloth with diligence, gluttony with temperance, lust with chastity. Being able to act against, the saying nations would say, to adjure contra, when we're struggling with one vice, one sin, to do the exact opposite, to counteract it, to always choose the virtue that counteracts that vice. And to be able to constantly reflect, there's on our parish website, if you see at the top there, it says confession times. And if you click that, 
there is an examination of conscience that we have there that goes through the seven deadly sins, and in each one of them, there's a, question, there's a series of questions there. And I encourage you all to be able to go through and reflect on that, ask yourself each one of those questions openly and honestly. And as you read that question, if you feel something kind of twist and pull at your heart, maybe that's an area that you need to grow. That's an area that you need to strive more fully and to constantly be having that honesty because what happens is when we struggle with a particular vice, we can start to have resentment towards that vice. And even more so when we see other people So let's say you're someone who struggles with envy and you see this very kind person or you struggle with sloth and you see someone who's very diligent in their work and we see that person as the the opposite virtue of the vice that we struggle with and especially we start to resent that person and then we start to diminish that virtue altogether. We think, oh, that virtue is really not that important. I don't really need to grow in that. You know, this, this vice, this sin that I struggle with, that maybe I've been struggling with for a long time, it's really not that bad. It doesn't affect anyone. And so what do we do? We stand in front of that obstacle rather than overcoming that obstacle. And some of you, most of us, have probably been struggling with some of the same sins for a while. We have that recurring sin that we constantly turn to, that we struggle with. And sometimes it's easy to just say, you know what, I give up. I'm not going to struggle with this anymore. I'm done. It is what it is. I'm just going to not struggle anymore. I'm just going to accept that I have this sin and it's going to be there. In those moments, that's when we have to be able to turn to God and say, Lord, I can't do this on my own strength. I can't do this on my own ability. Lord, for me to overcome this, I trust that you desire for me to enter through the narrow gate. You have to give me the grace to overcome this sin. I can't do it myself. But to be able to do that means that we're acknowledging it as a sin, we're acknowledging the virtue that we need to grow in, and we're saying, no, Lord, you give me the grace to to overcome whatever this obstacle in my life is. So how do we strive? I already said, doing a good examination of conscience to be able to recognize those areas that we need to grow in, full honesty. Don't hide, when we try to like, oh, well, it's not really that bad. No, that's when we start to devalue the virtue and we say that, oh, that, that vice isn't so bad. No, and honestly, what am I struggling with and how can I grow? And in identifying that, bringing it to confession. When we bring it to confession, that's when we're inviting God's grace into there. We're saying, Lord, I've struggled with this for years. I've struggled with this for decades. Lord, you are the only one who can remove this from my life. Give me the grace because I can't do it on my own. And when we do that, we also want to have good accountability. When we don't have accountability, it's really hard to grow in anything in life. But when we have good accountability, then we're able to say, hey, I'm trying to grow in this. I'm putting these things in place in my life. I need someone to make sure that I'm actually doing that. And if you're married here, then you have your accountability partner built in. Like you're saying that I'm trying to get this person to heaven, they're trying to get me to heaven, and there's your accountability. But I promise there's someone in your life a friend or someone who can help you along that path, help you to, as you have vulnerability with the Lord in confession, to have vulnerability with that other person, to hold you accountable to whatever that growth needs to be. Third, you have to have patience with yourself. If you don't have that patience with yourself, that's when we start to build that resentment. We can start to say, well, it's never going to work. We start to, to lose hope. And we have to always maintain that hope that the Lord does desire us to enter through that narrow gate and to strive and to overcome whatever that obstacle might be. Next, we have to have a good prayer plan. 
If we're not, I mean, you're here at Sunday Mass, boom, top of the list for your prayer plan, attend Sunday Mass. But what else do you have in your life that you have a good prayer plan? If you commute to work, do you have that time where you can just sit in silence with the Lord? Or maybe listen to a good podcast. There's rosary podcasts, scripture podcasts, all sorts of things. Or just to be able to take that time and sit with the Lord and take that time in prayer. If you work from home, I've got great news. You can just wake up a little bit earlier and find some time for a little bit of prayer or having that morning cup of coffee and just sitting with the Lord with that morning cup of coffee, whatever it might be. But do you have that regimen of prayer to be able to continue to grow with the Lord and to ask him for those graces to overcome whatever struggles might come for that day? When we have all these things, it's, it's important always to remember that it's to strive, to strive towards that path of holiness. And I'd like to conclude um, with a, a story of someone who I was very close with, very dear to me, a family that I'd known for, at this point, uh, now for 10 years, uh, at that point, nine years. And uh, my friend, uh, his name's Lou. And Lou, uh, last year, uh, caught COVID. And uh, the family called me and asked to go uh, to administer the sacraments to him. And he was in the hospital. And at that time, the hospital wasn't really letting in family or visitors, but they would let uh, clergy in. So I went in and I heard his confession and I anointed him. And I remember kind of like talking with him. There was definitely this hope of like, yeah, when I get out of here and everything's going to be great. And then that Sunday, I remember, I got news that they had intubated Lou. And I was, I remember saying at that point, I was like, well, praise God, I was able to get into that hospital room before he was intubated. And then as time passed and I stayed with the family, that Sunday I had mass um, here at Rollins. And I had mass there and during that mass, I got a phone call. And that phone call was that Lou had taken a, a bad turn. And so I go, I immediately run over to the hospital, get there, get to the room, pray the apostolic pardon, bless him, pray the prayers of commendation for the dying, and within 30 seconds, Lou had passed. And I remember being there with the family, and this is this moment, and at the time there was sadness, but this is not a sad story. This is a story of how a man who is faithful in this life, the Lord was faithful and the Lord is faithful to him. You see, as I continued to talk with the family, they started to share about his first Friday devotion to the Sacred Heart. And it's something that he had grown up with. And he, part of the promises that Jesus gives to St. Margaret Mary, part of these promises for this devotion to the Sacred Heart, is that at the moment of your death, there will be a priest there to administer the sacraments. And there, at the moment of his death, and even before, when I was able to hear his confession, he was able to give this good confession. The Lord was faithful to Lou because he was faithful to the Lord in life. You see, Lou was not a perfect person. I did hear his confession after all. If he was perfect, then he wouldn't need to go to confession. Lou is an imperfect person, 
but he was constantly trying to strive toward Jesus Christ, constantly trying to lead his family closer to Jesus. And in that, the Lord was faithful to him even to the end and is faithful to him even now because I have no doubt in my mind by the grace of the administering of these sacraments that Lou is there in heaven. Lou is joining us here at this mass right now because the Lord is faithful to him for striving towards that narrow gate. And I have no doubt in my mind that the Lord welcomed Lou at that narrow gate and brought him into the heavenly kingdom because he was faithful in this life. He knew his imperfections. He knew how he needed to grow. And he constantly strove to better himself and better those around him. This is the gift. This gospel is not a message to limit people and to close off who can enter the church. This is a message of God's grace and God's mercy. When we constantly strive towards the Lord, the Lord is faithful to us in this life and in the life to come. This is the promise of Jesus Christ. This is the message of this gospel today, that the Lord is faithful to us when all we have to do is strive to enter through the narrow gate.